Welcome to the Taproom Post Net Podcast. I am Delta Zero Four, and we will be covering the Nets topic of the week. Welcome, y'all. I am Delta Zero Four, located in the Redoubt of the South. This is Tapper and Postnet Podcast, episode 14 13. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Taprin has an amateur radio HF net. The primary purpose for the net is to promote self-reliance and preparedness in all aspects of modern life. The goal of the net is to share and disseminate information that can help everyone achieve individual independence and self-reliance. During the net, we'll have a topic of the evening, so this podcast is a summary of the combined knowledge our check-ins share during the Taprin nets. If y'all have questions about Taprin, feel free to go to the following website, www.amron.com. Phonetically, that's www.alpha-mike-romeo-romeo-oscar-november.com. In the beginning of this year, the Amron Group and Taprin Group merged, so you can find Taprin information, including the net schedule and frequency, at the Amron site. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll provide y'all a net check-in report, and then we'll finally cover the August 31st Taprin Net topic. And we're back. For August 31st, 2014, Tapern had a total of 37 check-ins from the following states. Six from Florida, eight from Virginia, two from Ohio, three from South Carolina, three from Georgia, one from Maryland, one from New Hampshire, two from North Carolina, one from Tennessee, two from Texas, two from New York, three from Alabama, one from Pennsylvania, one from Connecticut, and finally, one from Ontario. Thanks, everyone, for checking in. Before we cover our topic, I have one announcement. We now have a Taprin Digital Net. It's on the first and third Sunday of the month, the same week of the Amron Nets. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern on 7.078 plus 1200 using Contestia 4 slash 250. The net control station is in Virginia, Check the Amron.com local nets page for information. This week's topic covered the interface between your rig and battery. Now some of y'all might be thinking, well, all I need is to take the battery cable with a properly sized fuse and hook it up to the battery. While that definitely works in an emergency situation, there are some improvements you can make to ensure you get the best results. For those who do not know, Most modern rigs are very sensitive to voltage drop. Check your manual, but a lot of rigs state they need 13.8 volt DC, and once the voltage of your power source drops below a certain point, your rig will either start acting up or completely shut down. Some rigs may even appear to be working fine, but your transmit audio will be very distorted to those trying to receive it. We definitely don't want that to happen when you really need that rig to work. 
There are a few different ways you can provide your battery from giving your rig fits. The easiest, but probably most expensive, is to hook your power supply to an inverter and then the inverter to your battery. But if you already have plans to use an inverter in an emergency comms situation, take for instance to charge your laptop, this might not be a bad choice. The only catch is you do lose a small amount of efficiency going from DC battery to AC inverter and then back to DC again for your rig. But the good news is your power supply will always provide you that constant 13.8 volts to your rig. Another option is to buy a pre-made commercial battery booster. You can buy them from marine or RV supply stores. Basically, they go between your battery and your rig. It takes your battery and no matter what level your battery is at, it boosts the voltage to provide a constant predetermined level, which your rig will greatly appreciate. A couple of examples are the MFJ 4416B, as in Bravo, by MFJ, and the N8XJK Boost Regulator by TG Electronics. Now, fair warning, each battery has an exponential curve of shelf life, or number of charges, to voltage drain between the charges. You need to make sure your battery doesn't drop below a certain level of its full capacity, and some battery boosters have a feature in them that you can set to shut it off to prevent damage to your battery. While some batteries, like Gel and AGM, can handle being completely drained, those same batteries are much happier and can provide you much longer shelf life if you keep them charged up at least 80% or higher. Check with your manufacturer and specific model. Another option is to make your own version of a battery booster. Our check-ins provided a lot of useful information and websites to give you some ideas on how to set up that interface between your battery and your rig. One suggestion to make your own battery booster is to take a series of capacitors between 12 and 15 volts. The check-in provided a link to a stiffening capacitor that can be purchased on eBay, and he also provided a link of a solar-powered rig setup with schematics, which shows the capacitor in the design if you are curious on how to make something similar. I'll provide those links on the Amron.com website. Also, most rigs do not have reverse polarity protection, so you can also add a blocking diode. One example of a diode is to purchase the Schottsky fast switching diode. Another suggestion was to simply double your battery capacity. This will prevent such a sharp drop in your battery voltage when you transmit on your rig. A website that was suggested was Ham Radio Go Kit, which is actually a Facebook page that specializes in this topic. A good book to purchase is ARRL's Emergency Power Book. I'll also include a few more website links on Amron.com that check-in suggested to look at. There are various items you can purchase to help keep an eye on your alternative power levels. One such item is the Turnigy, which is a wattmeter and analyzer.
Another good meter is by PowerWorks. It has Anderson power poles on each end. So if your rig already has power poles, it makes it easy to place this meter in line to get quick readings of your current power conditions. Another suggestion was to use a low loss power gate by KI0BK. West Mountain Radio also makes a similar version of a power gate. No matter if you decide to purchase a booster or make your own, the check-ins had some very good advice. First, make sure you use cables to your battery that are big enough to handle the loads you plan to run. You could get away with smaller cables, but 10-gauge cable is good for any 100-watt HF rig. Also, try to keep the cable length as short as possible. One suggestion is to keep it below 5 feet. Any longer and you could start to run into unnecessary voltage drop just from the length of your cables. Another good suggestion is to place a fuse on both the positive and the negative cable. Most power cables that come with your rig have fuses on both legs of the power cable, and it's not a bad idea to also do that with any cables going to the battery. The last suggestion is to keep a voltmeter while you are charging your batteries to ensure you are bringing them up to full float capacity. That level varies depending on the type battery you have, so please check with your manufacturer and model. Hopefully this information provided you some good ideas on how to make sure your rig is performing well while operating on alternate power. Obviously, if you are in a very serious emergency situation, you'll do what you need to do, even if that means completely draining a car battery. But these are just ideas to get the most out of your batteries and to get the best results from your rig's performance when you're going to need it most. All right, y'all, that is all for this episode. A special thanks to those who checked into the net and provided us all the great information to share. God bless everyone. Until next week, this is Delta Zero Four, clear. <laughs>